Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Fearless Launching Show. I'll be your host, Anne Samoylov, and I am so excited to get this party started. Um, this is the very first episode of this podcast, and you know, I I think I told a lot of you already, I am so excited to do this. This has been on my list of fun things to do and to start for a long time. And I just was dragging my feet, people. Yes, me, I was dragging my feet, which is just so not my style. And finally, I just decided to make the move, do it, and know that it wasn't going to be perfect, and that I was going to do my best and and it would give me a chance to speak to you all more often. Um, today's episode is really going to be a little bit of a what's Fearless Launching all about? What is this show going to be all about? And I'm also going to give you some inside um behind the scenes, how did this all come to be? And uh, you may already know the story, so, but I think there are going to be some things you don't know about. Uh, so I'm really excited. I just want to thank you for showing up, uh, joining me today, and I'm really hoping that I get to hear from you after the show. Um, and all you have to do is send me an email over at ansamoylove.com. You can check out the contact page and just go there. There's some really easy ways to get in touch with me. Um, there's going to even be some ways for you to ask questions. They're going to be featured on this show in the future. Um, so let's get started. All right, let's kick this off. So like I mentioned, today is the first first episode of the Fearless Launching Show. And today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how I started or how I spent three years building a business on the side while working full-time for someone else. And you know, that's something that is a very common thing that happens when anybody's building a business online or offline and you're working for someone else to start with because generally you got to survive, you got to eat. So, um, this episode is really about that feeling, that feeling that you're trapped somehow and, but really how to turn that around and become an entrepreneur while you're working for someone else and not totally lose your mind and get bitter and angry and all that horrible stuff that actually does happen and can happen. So, um, so I think by hearing my story, you'll kind of see that this has been a very long time in the making and it, it, you know, after pushing and pushing and pushing for so many years, um, the reason why it worked was because I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And eventually that's kind of what happens to most people if they're on, if they've kind of tapped into that thing that they really are supposed to be sharing with the world, whether it's a product or you're creating some sort of training or you're serving a group of people and giving them advice on something. So, you know, I felt like this was the very, a perfect first episode because you get a chance to know who I am a little bit better and understand how I decided to strike out on my own. And, but, but also I think what's really important and part of my values and part of the way that I think is that I don't think this is right for move for everybody, uh, starting a new business and trying to make it on the side. I don't think that works for everybody. Um, it definitely takes a certain type of, um, <laughs> 
insane insanity, something like that, to actually be trying to split your time as much as I have in the past five years, really. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I definitely want you to understand that what I talk about today, I don't necessarily think is right for everyone. And I even reserve the right to someday come to you and say, you know what, this isn't right for me anymore because people change and people, people, uh, realize they need different things at different parts of their life. So just understand that you might not be really ready for it now. But maybe at some point you will, and then maybe you might decide to just go back. And there's no, there's no shame and no, um, there's no justifying that you need to do in order to do that. Um, so first of all, let me just kind of give you a little bit of my background. Um, what you might already know is that I, I spent, I'd say like. 12 years working in the entertainment industry in Los Angeles. And I had originally gone to LA to uh, work in film. I wasn't really sure what I was going to do there, to be honest. I, I had done and made lots of films in film school myself, like the actual production of the films. I wrote several screenplays and spec scripts and things like that. But I wasn't... Um, I wasn't really sure how I was going to translate that into a job. And, and honestly, the whole sordid story of why I picked um, film in the first place was just weird. Um, I think I saw somebody's equipment one day and I was, uh, I had another major at that point. I'm like, Hey, maybe I should switch to film. That sounds like a great idea. But the truth is that the film training was really great. And I love the visual aspect of it. I loved coming up with ideas for shots. I loved coming up with the, the ideas for the films and directing, um, the hands-on technical backend part of it. Not so much. I wasn't really into that, even though I had to do it. Um, anyway, so long story short, I ended up in LA. I ended up one of my very first jobs getting into visual effects and animation, uh, working with Steven Spielberg's company and worked there for a few years, got to meet the man too, which was very cool. Um, but you know, I was a little bit starstruck at that point. I also got to meet Fabio. So <laughs> big deal, right? Um, but anyway, so I worked on some, uh, TV shows. Uh, I think there were some Star Trek kind of related shows and Sequest or something like that. When I, this was like right out of college uh, when I was working on those. And I was managing the production. I was breaking down the show into shots and each shot breaking that down into the processes in the, in animation that would need to happen. So I've been dealing with moving parts and technical moving pieces for a long time. Since then, I, you know, I worked on lots of different, um, feature films, TV shows, commercials, what, whatnot at other companies as well. And, and even video games, which translated perfectly because again, another set of technical, uh, pieces that have to be managed through a process and then delivered. So I've been delivering, launching, shipping for a very long time. Uh, after that, I did get burned out on it though, because my, my love for that was really the creative part of it. And in visual effects, in animation, generally the producer is 
not the person who is giving direction. They're more giving the notes from the client or the notes from the director. So it's a very admin-based job. And for me, it just burned me out because all I was doing was juggling pieces, but not really passionate about it. I love the projects and I love the people that I worked with. And that actually, that whole team mentality, that's what kept me in that world for so long. I jettisoned my way out of that and uh, basically decided I was going to be a TV extra for a few years, which is kind of funny that I think about that. I'm like, I'm just going to do what I like. And I think I want to be an extra on The Office. So that's what I did. I did that and a few other uh, shows and it was just fun, but hello, it's not a paying gig. And I went from um, a really nice six-figure gig to like a minimum wage or something. And I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? It's like, I, I was really doing really well in that world and, but it just wasn't working for me. Um, so I got out, I did that for a few years. Then I decided somewhere along that process that I loved Pilates and I decided to get certified to teach Pilates, which I did then do for about four years. And I really got out of the whole managing pieces business. Uh, I would have, and I've recently talked about this uh, with some friends that it's great because I, I was able to look at one body for one hour with no multiple pieces. It was just, you know, sure a body is a, a working system, but, but dealing with that one person, that one personality, that one kind of goal for balance in the body was what really, um, was appealing to me about being a teacher. However, again, I was reaching my breaking point at not making money that I wanted to make. And, and I guess money is tied to, you know, I, you know, I was married. My husband's looking at me like, what the heck are you doing, girl? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing great. But inside I was not doing great. I was not doing great. So I kind of around this time, somewhere in the third, fourth year of teaching Pilates, I discovered online marketing, online business building. I had several different random fitness related blogs. I, uh, somewhere along there, I started com, and, and it was for, uh, about a year, I think a more of like fitness related and getting your goals, your fitness goals accomplished, uh, related. Um, but I wasn't really speaking to a specific group of people. And so this is where I started blogging. Um, and also around that same time, that's where I met um, and I discovered Marie Forleo. I joined uh, her virtual mastery program that is not now, that they that she doesn't run now, but it was basically a year-long mastermind online, which was great. This is, I think, the precursor to the adventure mastermind that she had. Um, and I met her. I just... I fell in love with her. Marie is just awesome. There's no way you cannot love her when you actually meet her and get to know her. And then I was fortunate enough and like in, um, I guess it was 2010, it just like fell like dominoes. Like I had been learning, learning, learning the previous fall, which was 2009. I was learning um, through Ed Dale's, this is like all these random things that I'm just going to throw at you. So Ed Dale is also this uh, online marketing trainer, teacher, and I did his um, 
30-day challenge, which was how to make your first dollar online. But it actually teaches you all the tools that you need to run your business online. So I did that. I was learning. I was started. That's when my whole info product craze started happening. And, um, and I just started learning, learning, learning in the next spring. That's when the dominoes started to fall in my favor. I joined Marie's, uh, virtual mastery. Like I said, I, I think I bought Laura Roeder's. I discovered Laura Roeder through her and I, I signed up, I enrolled in her backstage pass to Twitter program. And then I got an email from her saying she was hiring. Um, it was for an intern position, people. And I I just knew that I needed to respond to it. There was no question about it. And I knew that it, what she was looking for was not an intern. So even though she said it was an internship, we met like a week after I think I um, submitted. And I just knew right away, like as soon as we started chatting that we were going to work together. And I knew that there was, again, like my whole goal really with, with working with her was this is, this is great. I'm going to learn so much. I was just into the learning phase of things. And sure. I knew that I wanted to have a business, but I was so far from knowing what that was and knowing how to make that happen. Uh, really. Um, so I joined Laura, I worked with her for three years and through the three years, I mean, you know, I really look at working with LKR with, you know, Laura was like the best way to start my business. And I wasn't really in sure that that was even going to happen, but it really was because I was able to work and test and see what happened in an environment that already had customers. It already had a list, a growing list. And and, um, you know, that very first year, excuse me, the very first six months I was working with Marie then on the first B-School, Marie and Laura on the first B-School. And that included, that was everything from the content creation through to the management of the launch. And that's when it really started to gel for me, what I love to witness, what I love to be part of. And uh, I really think that, that working with her changed my mindset about how to run a business because I think my, my view of it was totally skewed. It also made things easier for me to make decisions on my own business. Like I would see and over and over again, I feel like I was like trained to just make decisions about the business, uh, the LKR business. And because of that, because of that mentality that got me to then start being able to do that for myself. Um, but I mean, that was like a thing that kind of happened over time. Um, I, I mean, I came from this background where you had to like get lighting approved, animation, like all these steps approved before they went on to the next thing. And I wasn't allowed to approve them ever. So this was a really big learning curve for me with Laura because she didn't want me to give her anything unless it was what I considered finished. So I really got the um, the go ahead to make the call and then just say, okay, here's the final page. She, she might have, um, feedback, but generally her phrase, it's your call was something that she said from the very beginning. And I was unlearning some of that bureaucratic getting approvals at every single minute step of the process. So, and this is actually still helping me today with my, my current 
um, the current people who work with me on my team and that I'm able to just say to them, um, yeah, that looks great. Or just, just delegate to the point where I let it go out of my path. Like I don't need to, um, I don't need to approve every single tweet. If it's not right, then I'll just let someone know and they'll either delete it or they'll do it differently the next time. So the, the decision-making part of this and the letting go and the treating the business as not this personal thing to you, this personal piece of you was, is something that I've noticed has changed. And I really think it was the best way for me to understand how a business runs by helping someone run their business. Um, you know, some of the things that I miss most about working with Laura though, um, might, might surprise you, but certainly I miss the team. I miss being able to just, um, when we get an idea, we just know who to give it to and they do it. And uh, Laura has a great way of finding amazing people. Um, and I can't take credit for that. I may have been part of the team building process with LKR, but she really has a knack for finding people who are just amazing. Um, and they, I, I, I can't even say that enough, but really what I miss, and if Laura's listening, <laughs> you're going to probably be a freak and laugh at me, but you know, I really miss our Tuesday at four calls every other week where we just would talk about what was working, what wasn't just kind of strategy, like, and just kind of go through if there were any problems. I really like that because I feel like that's where most people, something that most people don't have in their business is someone who's kind of like their business confidant. And I really love that. I really love that I felt able to give Laura, I, I was able to just make, I wasn't just writing down what she thought was going right and wrong. I was participating and I was part of that. And I was part of like, oh, do you really think this is going well? Or, you know, and she wasn't above taking criticism or commenting on like what her part in maybe something not getting done. So I, I just felt like that was, that's something that I definitely miss is those calls on a regular, uh, on like our regular basis that we had. Um, so you know, I, I don't want to spend all the time talking about working with Laura, but I I love I love the what she's created, and I feel still ownership over the pieces that I was part of, and I still watch Laura and what she does, and um, yeah, I don't want to get all goofy on you guys, but I love Laura, and um, she was really um, through the four the three years that we actually worked together, she really pushed me all the time uh, to be my best, even at with the LKR, but even just to know what I wanted, know what my part was in the, in, and, and be able to say what I wanted to do, not just what she wanted me to do and not just to deliver, but to be like, Hey, this isn't working for me anymore. We have to find someone who can do this, you know? So she really always um, uh, just kind of, it was definitely always felt like a partnership with us. And I am um, definitely grateful that I was able to do some co-creation with her on some of the products um, that happened, which was amazing, as well as, um, you know, the multiple times that she was trying to convince me that 
you know, being part of a growing company might actually be easier than building my own thing. And I did consider that for a long time, <laughs> like giving it up and giving it all to LKR. But I just, I just couldn't do that. And, and in the end, it was her who really, you know, called me on it and just said that she didn't think that I was able to admit to myself or her even that this is what I wanted to do. And she was really right. And so, yeah, she was really right. And, you know, so I, I encourage you that if you do have a job now, and now I'm meeting more and more people who I guess we're calling them intrapreneurs, that there is a way to grow and thrive and be, and use all your entrepreneurial skills at a job, at a very special kind of place. And sometimes you don't even realize that you can do it. And the more and more I'm talking to people who feel like they need to strike out on their own, I start thinking about that. Um, there's a Pilates instructor that I go to and he's talked about wanting to start his own studio and funny, <laughs> I'm all, now I'm like, man, if he's listening, I'm probably, he'll probably give me crap in class. But I feel like there's certain thing, you know, like certain things that he can do, um, right where he is. He's just causing so much like there's so many people that like love his, the way he teaches and he's got such an audience there. And I feel like he doesn't even need to leave because he is the studio. So I always, I always try to remember that. Like, even if it's not your company, you're part of that environment. So if you're thinking of, is, if there's a way for you to do what you want to do within where you are now, um, start there, you know, if, you're working at a company and you are really interested in doing a specific type of workshop, maybe that's somewhat related to the people who are there or something that would benefit those people you work with. Why not do it? Um, KC, uh, Christopher Carter, another gent that I just adore his, um, he has quite an interesting story and I believe, I think he's the head of a sales team and, and he also teaches meditation to the entire team, which is amazing because that's really what his passion is. So he's been able to pull in the, and align these deeper parts of himself with, um, with what's, with where he is in his day job. And it's just like epic. This is what his website is called, thisepiclife.com. So I just, I'm, I'm just amazed when people, people can do that in their situation and wherever they are or in their jobs. So I encourage you, if you work at, maybe you're a yoga instructor and you're thinking about doing a specific type of yoga, like a special, you want to specialize, why not see if there's interest and test that theory, test that thing you want to offer to the world by just offering it there as a workshop. You have the space, there are probably people in place to, you know, to promote it for you, um, do your, do your testing where you are first before you go out into the world. And I feel like that's what I did really by staying with LKR. Um, in, so I joined her in 2010, in 2012, um, the very beginning of the year, I launched Fearless Launching. That was a direct result of me knowing what the Creating Fame customers needed, what the B-School customers needed after they finished those programs. And after kind of getting the clearance from Laura, because I didn't want to just start a program, like I, I've said in other podcasts, I didn't want to start a program based on her customer base. And I work with her. That just seemed creepy. So I wanted to make sure, you know, and I would have fully done, worked with her on an 
on a launching product for uh, LKR, but she didn't want to do that. So that's cool. That is awesome. So I just decided, well, if you want to make this happen, then you have to do it. And so while me being a visible part of the LKR team and involved in both of those communities, you know, most of the, not most actually, a bunch of the people in that very first round of Fearless Launching came from creating fame, which I mean, that wasn't intentional, but that's who knew me. That's who I actually focus things on. Now it's not so much like that. There are some people that always join in from B-School or Creating Fame, but uh, generally there is, there's a, a little bit wider now that I've defined who that customer is a little bit more. Um, so anyways, let's move on from the whole Laura thing. I love Laura. That's the end of the, the end of that. I finished there. I get, I gave her a four month notice and for the last month I trained the, my replacement or the person who was going to be in a similar role that I was. And then I went solo. So, and things have been great since things have been really great. I feel really fortunate. Um, and but now that I have time, I've had time to reflect, I just want to share with you um, some things about fearless launching because obviously I was doing them in a very protected kind of way. I had a job. I didn't have to worry about, oh no, I'm not going to be able to feed my child. You know, I have, my husband works anyways, so I didn't really have to worry about making mortgage payments. And I do feel like that was, that's also to my benefit because when you don't have to worry about your funds, then you don't even bring that energy into it. And you might actually hear me put in some woo-woo in this, in this conversation every now and then, because I do believe that, you know, it's easier to find a job when you have a job because you're not desperate and you're not, you're not, you know, you're not worried about it. So, but beyond, you know, I think that some of the big mistakes that I made when I launched Fearless Launching for the first time is that I actually didn't leak it much, which is something I always call for now. I didn't talk about it as much inside either of those two groups that I mentioned, um, the, the um, Creating Fame or B-School. But really, the biggest, biggest mistake was when I was setting my pricing, well, first of all, that I didn't do it earlier, but the the pricing was a really bear for me to deal with. And because there were confidence issues, there were, will people show up? I better make, make sure it's a low price thing. But the problem was that I was looking at Fearless Launching in the same realm as courses that are standalone. They don't have any personal time with that, um, with the person who created it. It's just delivered. You get everything. Whereas this was more of a live rolled out event, which meant that I was going to be there. I was, there was going to be a lot of my current time. I was going to be spending time with each of the participants at that time, because I really wanted to make sure I got in, got into it big time. Um, so pricing was my biggest mistake, I think, because I could have priced it a little bit higher and, you know, and I think that I would have gotten the same results. However, at the same time that I feel like it's maybe my biggest mistake, perhaps it wasn't in the sense that I was able to really uh, overgive to these pe these initial 25 people 
and I just, you know, they're my peeps. They're my, they're my family now. Like I, I feel, I feel, I'm amazed that I actually have known them now for, let's see, 2012, 2013, now we're in 2014. So that's pretty cool. Um, and you know, some of them have actually become my best, dearest friends. So I feel fortunate about that. So while I think the pricing was a big mistake, I turned that around right away and, and I haven't looked back, uh, for the next one and the next one and the next one. Um, so that's my big mistake with fearless launching. Also, I don't think I, I think I was relying too heavily on the structure and the format that I had learned from Laura. And I think I could have been a little more innovative with how I created the actual course content. That's something that I'm working on right now as well. Um, and then, you know, I think that, yeah, I mean, I think that's it. I mean, I could go on and on. I'm, I'm really good at tearing myself apart and tearing what, you know, tearing my work apart as far as just like really trying to take a critical look at it. And I think that's a really important part of, um, growing your business. And when, you know, some of the things that I wish that I had known two years ago or three years ago even was that, that all this consistent effort was going to pay off and that I needed to start looking at my business as a business, not as part of me. Um, this whole letting go idea of letting go, separating your business from your personal soul core, whatever you want to call it is really, really important because you really can't make decisions. Well, if it's you, like if notice how easy it is for you to make decisions at work, on someone else's business, it's on someone else's dime. You've got to kind of get to that state of mind when you're making decisions and you're building your own business because that business, you can look at it as an, an, an entity that's separate from you. Um, there's a book I need to read and I'm going to have you guys read it too. Then maybe we can chat about it later. It's called Built to Sell. I just heard Pam Slim talking about this and that even though you're not going to even though I think that what she said that really interested me, it was even if not planning to sell your company or your business, build it so you could sell it. And I think the idea there is that you really do have to make, you know, ansamola.com is not me. I might write things in there. There might be lots of personal things, but I've got to make decisions about that business based on what the customers want, what where the business is growing, how to grow that business. And I can't take things personally. So that's that's kind of where I am in that. And that's like one of the biggest things I wish I had known a couple of years ago. Um, and also that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what courses you take. There's no course that's going to help you have you take action. Um, and that's really, you know, as soon as I started really, like we started really jamming on things in uh, Rotor and LKR, I realized that I was taking those correct actions every day. And that's what it takes to keep your, to start a business, to build your business is to take that consistent action, making sure that it's something that's toward the growth of the business. Always thinking, will this, you know, will this help me grow my business? Will this help me prepare people for the next launch? Will this help me reach people more and give them something more to learn from me? Um, just 
you know, thinking about your intention and making sure that it's always forward moving. Um, so, you know, by the same token about what I wish I'd known, um, you know, there were bunches of, there's tons of stuff that I, I subscribe to as far as like newsletters and info products. And there's tons of advice and strategies that never worked for me. And, and I think that, uh, what was, what's really important when you're first starting out, especially if you're thinking about launching something is, you know, you can take my fearless launching course, but my fearless launching course, and I'm thinking of another one, um, David Seitman Garland, he has like create awesome online courses, courses and training like this, especially online is from our point of view. It's what works for us. And so if you go into, let's say David's course, thinking that his proven system is going to work for you. Well, it will if you tweak it so that it actually uses the right language to talk to your people, that you're offering the right thing to those people. And, you know, his course is solid in the way that, you know, he pretty much, that's how he does it. But you can't use his voice. You can't necessarily um, use the same way. Basically the voice is a huge thing. It's a huge giveaway to someone who is swiping files without even thinking about, you know, I'm, I'm all for using a swipe file the right way, but, um, but not so that it doesn't even sound like you. So some of the strategies and advice that never worked for me were the ones that required me to just plug and play. And I tried some, I tried some. So some, some things do work and some things don't, but you always have to tweak. You always have to make it yours. You always have to make sure it's in your voice, whatever that strategy, whatever that advice is, you always have to be like, that's a cool strategy, but what would my, what are my peeps going to think about this? Um, and you have to think about the, you have to think about the people, not just that you're going to send this to a list of anonymous, you know, email addresses. These are people and you, you likely know a lot about them and a lot about how they respond to your emails. And, and you have to use a little bit of that gut instinct to, um, give them what they want, um, and in a way that actually gels with them. So, you know, some, I don't even, I don't even want to out the strategies that didn't work, but, but needless to say, I, I've definitely been through tons of courses, learned a lot, but as soon as I, I got to some kind of point where I was like, okay, that is quite enough learning already, Annie, Annie pants. Um, you can just chill now. Um, as soon as I started looking at courses and info products as points of view, now, sure, they're going to be even like, even courses like FB Influence from Amy Porterfield, um, there there is some point of view, but then there's also some here's how to do stuff. So there is stuff in there, but some of the, you know, it I I feel like all of the the success that you might achieve through a program like that, which mixes the how to technical thing with the strategy, the strategy is where you have to always be asking is this 
right for my people, how are they going to react when they see, let's say, a Facebook ad that says this when I've never done Facebook ads before? Um, you always have to be thinking about your audience and how they're going to react to it. It doesn't mean you can't put it out, but you should just go in at least questioning that. Um, and, you know, definitely some bigger programs that I've gone through, I realized very quickly that like there is there's a lot of point of view. There's a lot of, this is what worked for them. And that's where you have to just remember, okay, this is, you know, and there were things that even we, we tried within LKR that didn't work as well as we wanted to. And we realized that they weren't for our peeps. That's why they just, they weren't for us. Um, so I won't get into, I, like I said, I'm not going to name names because, um, I always feel like there's a way to learn something and to apply something from almost every single source. But there were there have been a few people that I was silly enough to um, listen to and, and didn't work. But there have also been people that I have listened to and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that worked. Um, so, so you just have to be aware of how how things are going out, like strategies you're using, um, whether it's a launch strategy or an idea for a program, you've got to be thinking always about your audience. Um, and that that's kind of like this weird side thing. I realized that I went off on a little bit of a rant there. Um, now, the last thing I want to talk to you guys about is money and making money and, and how that has changed for me over the year, this year especially. Um, it was great to, you know, gain the confidence. And I think this is what happened during 2012 when I first put up Fearless Launching. 2012 was my, let's see if I can make this work more than once, maybe more than twice. Let's make sure this isn't a fluke and let's just start building something now. And this is how I did it. I, you know, I was, I was creating content and working full time for Laura and trying to make it all work. And, and, it is not fun. It is not fun to be spread so thin. And I want to warn you about that. And that is that you don't, you can choose your pace, choose a pace that works for you, but understand that there's going to be times where you're not going to be able to do what you thought you were going to do. And the great thing about having a job though, is this, uh, is this, so that you're like developing your side hustle or whatever you want to call it. Um, so you can pay people to help you. You have a job, you have income, use it to get help. And this is what I did. And that's, I think, why I was able to launch like two times a year. Like I launched twice in 2012. I did some other promotions and things like that um, as well. But the two main fearless launching launches. And then again in 2013, and I did other promotions as well throughout the year. Um, but really what got me to that point where I was able to leave LKR was really that building that base, understanding that it wasn't a fluke, what I was doing, that people genuinely seemed to like it. So I just decided to do it again. And then I started branching out and looking at different ways to bring in revenue for the business so that I wouldn't leave Laura's and be like waiting for the launch in September to happen and making no money in the middle. So you really do have to think about how's money going to come in to the business. Perhaps 
it's just going to come in from those launches. And may, if you're just planning on doing two launches a year, maybe you can just keep your job, your day job, um, and not feel so trapped. Or maybe try to work out your vacations around the time that the most heavy-duty part of the launch is going to happen. Um, but you do need vacations, so you may not want to squander those just to, you know, to work 18-hour days during them and then go back to work totally fried. Um, so I guess my, my advice on that and on trying to juggle it all, because it's a lot to, to run a blog, you know, an online business usually has some sort of blogging component. You've got lots of social media. You're, let's say you're creating a product and you're launching it. There's lots of content usually involved in that. If you're building, you know, awareness about you and what you're trying to do, then you probably want to do some guest posting or just, you're just getting, you're networking in other ways. Maybe you're being interviewed, you're on podcasts, maybe you're starting a podcast. Um, there's, there's definitely only so many hours in the day. So you have to be prepared for it to be a little bit slower of a climb unless you just hit the jackpot, which I feel like there are jackpots that people hit, but I generally think that it just takes a while to pick up speed and to feel like you have established some sort of like system, like something is happening here. Um, and you know, for the first part of this year, of 2013, actually, I really focused on making sure that for the rest of 2013, after leaving Laura's, that I would be making the same, if not more with my business. And I had already made a year's salary by the mid-year when I left Laura's. So I just told myself, you know, let's just get to six figures. Let's just do that. And I was actually totally surprised when I started looking at my, my books towards the end of the year, like in November, I was like, Oh, wait a second. I'm back. I'm back to this. And I'm, I'm, you know, I, it had been, I wasn't really paying attention. I wasn't really paying attention to the fact that I was doing consistent promotions. I was working with people every single month. I had a pretty big, um, role on, Jonathan Fields' recent launch of Revolution U. And, and I just realized that all of that work that I had done to prepare for the rest of the year, um, you know, making sure that there were clients lined up or different projects that I wanted to work on, all that work had finally paid off. And I was just, I was really surprised, honestly. But then at the same time, I was like, you know, something you better know. It's just because you make six figures. It don't mean you have like money rolling out your sleeves or something like that. It just means that, okay, so this is kind of like a job replacement. And for me, it hadn't, it hasn't reached job, like my animation job replacement yet, but, but it definitely has grown quite a bit. And I've been just so happy. I mean, I've been able to hire a couple of people who are helping me and now and I really am excited for the future because I'm like, okay, well, I did it once. I can do it again. Let's do this. Um, so I, you know, I, and I am not one to talk about money and to talk about how much people make because I, I feel like it's, it's weird. It's like, I paid out a lot of money to help have people help me. There's a lot of money that goes out for taxes. So really it's not like there was all this, there's like this, there's this like, chamber with gold in it that, you know, so, uh, but I am really, 
really um, down to earth about it and about how much I want to the company to make and I want the business to make. And I have goals that have nothing to do with me. They have to do with bringing on the two girls that are working with me full-time. That's my dream for 2014 is by the end of the year, they are my full-time peeps, both of them. And Christina and Marie, if you're listening, that's the goal here. I want them to be, I want them to feel a part of this, just like I felt a part of LKR. And I want to help them move whatever they're doing forward. Um, so, so yeah, so put in the hard work and you might just surprise yourself and be like, oh, okay. So I'm one of those people who can say that now, um, about what my business does. Um, So what's up for this year? And I I appreciate you listening to this long saga, but really that's kind of sometimes what it takes is you have to just keep putting in the work, keep thinking about what the overall vision, what the goals are, doing the work, making the decisions for your business without getting too personal to yourself and, and then just keeping, you know, being consistent making, making decisions quickly, not being afraid to test things, you know, having that little bit of a detached feeling about your business. So you can be a little bit more objective. And, you know, so for this year, my goals really for myself are really the same that you're going to be seeing on the, on my blog and someonelove.com. You're going to be seeing the same things that I'm going to be talking about when I'm interviewing people. Um, and you're going to see that, some of these themes that happen throughout the year, they're really about how I get things done and how people who get things done do that. And it's not a science. It's actually a sickness. No, it's, it's not a science, but it does just take consistent action and the consistent right actions. I think that's really what it, what it says. And I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I certainly make mistakes. And I know everybody makes mistakes and owning, owning what you do, good, bad, whatever is, is the way just to keep moving forward. Um, so for this year, my main goal is to reach more of you and to share more, not just have like a toolkit, but have a way to talk to me on a regular basis. And, and for me to talk to you, because I want to know what you're creating and I want to know what things you're struggling with so that I can then use that to really help you see that maybe things aren't as bad as you think they are. And you're getting more done than you think you are. I like turning it around on people and really, I don't know, Kind of just like, yeah, you do know what you have to do because I really feel like we all have it in us to get things done and to do what we have to do. And it's just a matter of prioritizing and understanding what, you know, and really putting the importance on the things that are keeping you up at night. Like for me, it was this podcast. I'm like, oh my God, why am I not doing this? This should be done already, people. And I just wasn't ready. So I let it go for a little bit. Over the holidays, I let it go for a couple of weeks because I was planning on doing this in December. And I said, okay, so now what's my next move? What's my next move? Okay, do this, do this, do this. So I started making that really simple list and I started checking those things off. And now I'm here. And I think that that is, you just don't, I want to, I want to be here for you so that you don't get overwhelmed in those moments where you're not sure what to do next. So, Yeah. 
I think that's it, people. I think that's a wrap for for episode one. Um, I would really love to hear from you. So check out the show notes for anything I've mentioned, as many things that I can remember to put in the show notes. And uh, we've also got a little link so you can leave me a voicemail or a question. And you never know, you might just hear your voice on the podcast in the future, or at least maybe your topic even covered um, with one of my special guests. I'm going to have some recurring um, visitors to the show, some guests, and we're going to do a combination of interview, but really just to chat and to answer your questions and, and really just give you the behind the scenes, real deal people. Cause it ain't always pretty. And, um, I want to do before I, before I end today, I want to do a quick shout out to a few, um, people who've provided some resources to me that have really helped with this podcast. Um, so Pat Flynn, you don't even know it, but yeah, as much, <laughs> I think I even went over your podcast, um, tutorial a few months ago, but I just went through it again. It's amazing. And I just can't say enough about it. So that is one. And then the other one is, are all of the guys from the Fizzle show, um, Corbett, Chase, Caleb, you guys are awesome. And hopefully in the coming weeks, maybe I'll invite you guys on to podcast with me um, because I literally laugh out loud when I hear their podcast and, and their podcast really inspired me just how it goes, how it, how they talk, how they communicate with each other. I just loved it. And of course they're in fizzle, which is their, um, membership site and really community to help people building their businesses. Um, they have a great podcasting course, uh, which I also followed. Um, also shout out to Amy Porterfield, who is a dear friend and she gave me some intel on the setup and was very helpful. And oh my God, I cannot believe I almost didn't mention her. Elsie, baby, Elsie Escobar. She is rocking. She is a podcaster as well, a host. And if you ever want to hear her, I think she does the Libsyn podcast. Yes, Libsyn, the host for this, the host for all of my media files. Um, she is amazing. She gave me so much feedback and information and she's just awesome. Elsie Escobar. Oh, one more person. This is all podcast peeps, by the way. Um, Jessica Kupferman. Also another inspiration because through our conversations, she and I were just like jamming back and forth. And I just had a blast two times that I was on her show, Lady Business Radio. So go check her out. Um, the final thing I want to share with you is if you have been thinking about doing a podcast, let me know because I will get, I will hook you up with these people. They are awesome. And they were so helpful. And though there are a lot of moving parts, we've talked about lots of moving pieces and parts today. It is not impossible and it is doable even with one person. Cause I've been doing kind of this stuff by myself so I can understand how to do it and then pass it on to my team to help me out. Um, yeah. 
So that is it. I really want to thank you for joining me today and we will see you in another episode very soon. Since this is launch week, you're going to hear from me in a couple of days with another one. And um, this one is all about uh, the topic that people come to me for the most. And it's about planning launches for the entire year and how to do that without going not so. So that is it. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.